to the Nasty Fries. This is myself, Dominic Fry, with my co-host, as always, the Kyle Nash. What's up, Dominic? Dude, life is good, man. Life is good. We have, as mentioned on the previous podcast, we ended up getting our big, big guest. We Nasty Fries upped our budget. We you know, had to dive deep into our funds here, but we got a fantastic guest. Going to have some good talk tonight. Uh, some good college football talk and you know some good some good life talk really so tonight we have he is a hunter he is a fisherman he is an insurance agent a teammate of mine at hitchings insurance and he's also a husband and he is a coach is that man and a dad and a dad of course a dad Bela, how are you doing tonight man Oh man, I, what a pleasure! What an honor to be here! What an absolute honor! There, there's a very short list of people that we've had. Actually, people that we've had on the show outside of Heidelberg University affiliation. I think we've had two, well, three. Tom, three. But we've had both of my brothers on the rebranded with the but they're podcast. all professionals. True, but my brothers don't really count because they're family. But Tom, Tom was a friend that we had on. That I mean, I guess he married a Heidelberg woman, but that was about the only affiliation. So, congratulations on not being Heidelberg affiliated, being on the Nasty Fries. Yep, no affiliation to Heidelberg for me. Except, except for no this Heidelberg. guy. Except for Dominic. Except for Dom. Well, yeah, 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 of course. I mean, obviously yeah. we had to meet somehow, but. Right. We're going to start it off as, oh yeah, and also a precursor as well. We are recording this on Thursday. Again, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about college football. Bela, big Michigan State fan. Myself, big Ohio State fan. And Kyle, a big Indiana fan. We're recording this before the Ohio State-Michigan State game this weekend, just as a heads up for everybody. So anyways, as mentioned, you are a coach. And Nashy Fries, we talk about sports. That's all really sports, what we do. You know. Yeah. Uh, we talk about sports and also just things going we on in our lives. We talked about lacrosse before. We talked about basketball. And our knowledge of lacrosse field is very hockey, uh, extensive. Pretty much anything, right? <laughs> field hockey. We've talked about field hockey a lot. So with that being said, we're going to get into coaching. So I know you coach uh, for your daughter and her soccer team, under eight. Uh, how is that going for you? Is this the first – I guess I don't – You know, I've only known you for a couple months. Is this the first year that you've coached? No, we got roped into a buddy of mine. We got roped into it last spring. So we, uh, this was our second unit or second season, I guess okay. you did with the same girls. So yeah, U8, uh, six, seven, some eight year olds, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, a lot of fun, big adventure. So, so. <laughs> big adventure, I'm sure. So is that something, I mean, obviously at that age, it's not like you're really coaching technique. Like, I guess like, what do you kind of feel like your role is with coaching? Like, is it just to go out there and make sure everybody has fun or, you know, obviously, That's, you know, you're yeah, trying to win. Well, we did that in the spring, and we lost a lot. We went out there and had fun. You know, it was funny. It, it, the problem is when you're a competitive dad or a competitive coach, it, it's hard to just go out and have fun. You want them to have fun, don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's fun to win. It's fun to score. Of course. And the girls, the girls, you know, yeah, it's a fundamental league, but they know the score. They know if they're down one to nothing or if they're up four to nothing. They get it. They, they'd rather celebrate scoring than watching the other team score. So we learned a lot in the spring. A new guy actually took over the league. Um, this fall, and he kind of gave us, he, he's big into soccer, he was from Arcadia, um, and he gave us a bunch of pointers on what to do, more fundamental stuff, how to, the, the proper spacing for U8, so we kind of, cool. we just jumped in on that, and this year it's a lot of fun, I mean, the girls are winning, and 
doing really well and they're learning a lot and it's just a lot more fun when they're they're doing you know you have something in practice and this is what you're supposed to do and they do it in the game and boom it's awesome so for sure that's exciting to see like as a coach and obviously you know on another level for you as a father being able to see your daughter um so how do you feel you mentioned being a very competitive dad like are there times or maybe it's all the time like you know maybe how do i want to word this pushing the girls too much or maybe even wanting it more than them or you know do you kind of dial that back in the circumstances or are they you know just as competitive and really care about the winning like you and if so how do you balance that how do you how do you, how do you attempt to balance that at least someday when my daughter's older i'm gonna have her listen to this podcast because <laughs> i because she maggie Ma, maggie my little my little girl is a very very fast very she's a decent little player she's not great she's not the best but she's a decent little player but she has a struggle with dad being the coach with mm-hmm. with listening you know, she, we can't separate. It's really hard for me to separate the dad-daughter thing because it's like all the other girls are hustling, running hard, and there's my daughter who's faster than everybody on the team, and she's yeah. in last place. So it's like, what are you doing? You know, and that, so you know, it's it's a it's a fine line of we want them to to learn and have fun, but we also get very frustrated. Joe and I both get very frustrated because we we see them hustle and run fast and do the right things, and then like in our scrimmage tonight, it was like absolutely, where did all that go? You know, right. What are we doing here? You know, and so it, it just goes to spurts. And they're seven. I mean, they're six and seven and eight years old. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, we got to tone ourselves down to make sure they're having fun <laughs> and really celebrate. We're you know we're big positive reinforcement coaches. So it's like they could screw up, do the worst thing ever, and it's still like a yeah, good job. That's fine. Let's do it this way next time. And you know, we just we don't want them to quit. You know, that's the biggest thing is that I feel like so much as a kid, you start putting all this pressure on these kids. They don't want to play anymore. For you sure. know, we just want them. We want. There's a good chance we'll have the same girls in the spring. All nine girls will be back. And, you know, we'll just kind of run through the league again. Hopefully it's kind of the same way we are now. So, you know, it, it's it's fun to win. We're very competitive. The other coach and I are probably too competitive to, to be coaching that. Um, it's also an eye-opener because it's, do I really want to coach this going forward? Right. But it's, yeah, we'll see. It's 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 not in my, uh, I'm not going to coach high school soccer anytime soon. But I'll, I'll keep going up with my kids if they need help. For sure. Actually, that was kind of transitioning into my next question was I was going to ask like for you. So you said you got roped into coaching in the spring, but like long term with coaching, like, is that something you would like to do, uh, you know, as your daughters get older, as your son gets older and into sports? Like, is that something you would like to continue to do or you're kind of fine just on the, uh, you know, the elementary age, like when they're younger, you know, kind of more the basics? I hate to say it down, but I'm kind of a control freak. So, like, even softball, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to coach kids softball this past year. And, uh, you know, me and a couple buddies showed up to practice, and the one coach, she was running it. She's like, hey, could you guys help us? And then all of a sudden, it's like us three are just running the practice and running the season, which we probably stepped on too many toes and hurt some feelings. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's it's fundamental. These kids should know how to take a grounder and where to throw the ball on a grounder. And there's just certain things they should learn that first year. And right. we thought it was very important to focus on that. So, I I would hope I get to keep doing it. It's going to be tough with three kids. I mean, we just welcomed my son in, which is different. Um, you know, I got two girls, Maggie, Maggie's six, Annie's four, and little Bale is four months old now. And it's like, you know, I, I'd love to say I'm going to keep doing it, but it's going to be hard for that timing. My dad always coached me. He, I, mean, I remember Rocket Football. My dad coached our team. Uh, him and my, you know, Keith Rice was my buddy. His dad coached Dan Rice. Um, they kind of just coached us all the way up. And then I moved out of town. 
and I started playing middle school. Then my dad got back involved with the high school program, and then he just was always there. Um, but he didn't do it for my sisters. He was very involved with my stuff, but not so involved with my sisters. So I, I kind of take a look at that and say, I want to be involved with my girls yeah. as much as possible. They, they do a lot of stuff with me. We do a lot of stuff together. Um, that my whole family, I mean, like you said, the hunt and fishing. My, my two girls love to hunt and fish. Awesome. Um, and, you know, we just like to be outside and, and kind of do that stuff. So we'll see as, as kind of time progresses. There's part of me, even like after tonight, I could see myself. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to do this much longer, just because of the frustration, and I don't want to get mad at my daughter. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's hard it's it's hard for me to separate. Okay, we're in the truck, and actually, you know, another teammate of ours, Brock, and I have had that conversation. Yep. He coaches his sons a lot, and how do you how do you separate the father son or father daughter during practice, and then as soon as you're in the truck, when she says, <laughs> "Dad, I'm sorry, I know I didn't play good." And you just want to be like, yeah, no, what, what are you doing? You know, you know better than that. You, you, you can do this. You know, yeah. I've seen you do this. And it's, it's, yeah, so it's same thing. I don't want to be that crazy overbearing parent, but at the same time, I want to be involved as much as she wants me to be involved to where it's too much for her or too much for me type thing. So we'll see. I mean, there's no, time will tell. So. Yeah, so um, a little lighter question here. I wanted to go ahead and ask you, you know, being involved in youth soccer, you know, what's the best post-game snack or drink that you've gotten so far you know we're talking about youth soccer that's one of the things i remember as a kid is who's bringing the after game snack what type of juice boxes is there going to be we got gatorade or capri sun yeah no so funny story man so like our first we do an abc order so cora coleman is our one of our kids and that's carrie's daughter who's another teammate of ours so it's a big family atmosphere for us anyways but um she makes these ridiculous her, her husband Eric and her make these ridiculous chocolate chip cookies they're homemade they're are awesome well then he went out and bought like a dozen chocolate milks and half dozen strawberry and regular milk and cookies and then a banana or an apple so like it set this bar so high for all the other parents <laughs> on the snack yeah yeah so it's just like so the first snack of the year they have this big cooler and it's like a buffet it's like all the girls get this they're you know there's stuff for all the coaches there's stuff for all the siblings and it's like okay coleman's thank you so then everybody's kind of followed suit with that so you don't bring a snack for nine girls you bring a snack for 20 you know and it's, just, <laughs> right, right. it's been good but that that was by far probably my the best snack i've seen you know it's they not a surprise you know carrie carrie takes things to the next level so does eric they just they're really good with that stuff so it was really cool i mean it was just you know how many girls we got and boom they show up with stuff for everybody i think they could have fed the whole other team too so nice i was gonna say i mean that that might be something you want to look into when you continue coaching is you know what girl on the team is gonna is is gonna have the parent to bring the best stuff sign them up first every every season <laughs> oh yeah and they yeah. get to play the most yeah you want to be golden yeah, yeah. <laughs> What position do you want to play? Oh, okay, great, perfect. Yeah, that's actually, that's perfect. what I was thinking too. Yeah, that's right. Just keep those cookies coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so let's that's go good, back. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, thank you. So let's go back into you know you mentioning a little bit about your dad being a coach growing up uh, in athletics that you played. So for you, like you personally playing, like which sport do you feel like you loved the most initially growing up? Yeah, I was, I, you know, I, <laughs> I was a huge football guy. Um, spent my whole life playing a lot of football from a little kid to, you know, all the way up until I probably should have stopped playing and just kept screwing around with it. But uh, definitely football. Uh, my dad was, you know, he played. I played. We were very involved. Football's always been a huge part of our family. Um, you know, Saturday, Sundays, Saturday morning football for us. Then you go watch college football. It just it didn't matter. It was, it was generally always, you know, once 
fall came, it was football-oriented. Um, summertime with the buddies, we always playing football. Um, I played baseball and basketball as well, but I just football was always kind of my passion and, and what I loved the most, for sure. So, yeah. What position you play? Actually, I played a lot of quarterbacks. I knew it! I yeah. knew it. I'm like, dude, I see him as a quarterback, especially when you talk yeah. about like being a control freak and everything. Oh, I'm yeah. like, that's a quarterback yeah. right there. Yeah, I play, I play college ball a little bit, not a lot, but I played some receiver in college ball. We were on the option in high school. We had a new coach our senior year, and it kind of changed everything a little bit. We switched to this old school Delaware wing tee, and it's really hard to do with a 170 pound lineman. You know, love those <laughs> yeah. guys, to, love those guys to death, but you just you just don't move people off the ball for yeah. a Delaware wing tee yeah. with that. So we, you know, it's coaching's changed. I think. A lot, you know. You, there's some coaches that they adapt their scheme to their players, and there's other coaches that they they have a certain thing set in their mind. That's what they want to do, and that's what they're gonna that's what they're gonna do. And that's you know, it is what it is. So great guy. I mean, I, I would still talk to him to this day, drink a beer with him, hang out with him. But it's just, yeah, it's you know, football's always been there. Been a great time, great memories, great people. Yep. So, and this could be either you playing or, you know, potentially Michigan State or a sports game watching on TV, maybe live at, like, what do you think your favorite sports memory is? If you had to, I guess, and, you know, or even just one of your top favorite sports memories. And again, and that could be as an athlete or as a fan. Oh, man. My senior year, we beat North Muskegon, which was pretty sweet. That was a great game. It poured down rain. I feel like it rained every game my senior year we were terrible too which is even funnier because with like our junior year we were very good and uh, we had a great senior class my junior year they worked awesome there was 22 of them that they were great you know but there's only like six or seven juniors so then when they graduated as seniors it was like oh man you know this is it was tough it was right. very tough and uh so we won that game my senior year on the last second Juan Salinas ran and route then Nick Smith made a field goal kick I still remember to this day pouring down rain it was awesome a lot of fun great memory um, I coached a middle school team my first year in college, and I still talk to some of those kids to this day. Um, That's cool. Dimitri, yeah, I mean, I, I can name their names now, but good kids, a lot of fun. I have like, control of the seventh grade, and I just remember their practices and, and kind of the, uh, the being an idol and kind of a role model for them. Same thing, you know. I just it was really cool, and I and like I said, I still there's a couple of them. I still monthly we we text and talk and you know so on and so forth. So. That, that's it. And then Michigan State-wise, man, I, I was there. My brother-in-law, Benny, and I were sitting there when they um, when they threw the Hail Mary that uh, Keith Nickel caught against Wisconsin on the goal line. And our season tickets were on that goal line. Wow. So we watched the, the ricochet and then Keith Nickel catch that ball and, and spin it in the end zone. And, yeah, that was that was probably one of the coolest moments ever. Um, and then the L.J. Scott reach when they beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship – just you know, I remember running through the house. One more, my, my you guys aren't Michigan fans. My brother-in-law's wedding was the Michigan-Michigan State game with the okay. punt, where he yep. fumbled the punt and yep. they returned it back. And I remember yep. they were doing like the announcements <laughs> for like the wedding party, and I'm running through the reception screaming like, "Yeah, oh my god!" I mean, just I, I mean, I was obviously a little inebriated, probably a little too intoxicated. But and then they obviously they blocked that punt and run it for a touchdown. And Jayla watched Jackson scores, and it's like. I was free. I'm mean, the only Michigan State fan. There's 400 people there. And my, I remember my in-laws. My in-laws were so disappointed. They were just, they just were, you know, what is he doing? What an asshole. But excuse me, this is for the kids. But I mean, it's just, so, it just, so, I mean, it's just, those are some of them. I mean, I, I, I can, I can keep going, man. I, I played some ball. I had two guys at my wedding. Um, we played some semi-pro ball together, which isn't anything, just, just a hobby wow. and a lot of fun. And those guys were 
good buddies of mine. Still, I just talked to Logan today, and uh, Savan is traveling the world. You know, they end up both being at my wedding, but I met him through football, and it's just, awesome. it's just that camaraderie. There's not a lot of sports you get that kind of camaraderie and that team chemistry with. And, yep. Yep, it's cool. Well, that's good. I want you to know you passed the test. I wanted to ask you those questions because I wanted to see your experience you know, especially as we're leading into college football, experience with football. Uh, I assume that you played football, even better that you're a quarterback. Because here on the Nashy Fries, we only want qualified takes. You know, so Kyle and I, we're cross country runners, so clearly we know lots about football. Yeah, we know. A lot. You know, we can really break down coverages playbooks and too. playbooks. You know, all that oh, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm glad that you passed the test and you are, you know, certified to talk about football on the Nasty Fries now. All opinions are my own. <laughs> That's what we always say too. Yeah. Well, hopefully the fans like our opinions, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it depends on what fan it is, right? They keep yeah. listening week to week, so I think well, that they good. like it. Yeah. So let's transition then into college football. Thus far on the season, you know, give us a thirty-second minute. You know, what's kind of how do you feel on the Michigan State season thus far? Okay, defense has been you know kind of as expected, um, aside from what we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but the offense has been a surprise. I, I, I guess that's been kind of a good thing with uh, Brian Lewerke healthy. I think that helps a lot. Finding Elijah Collins as their starting running back, I think, helps a ton. We knew what we had with Daryl Stewart and uh, Cody White and the receiver. And, that, I mean, the defense is fun. I mean, it's just they, they have potential to do a lot of good things. They still frustrate the hell out of me as a fan just because I think the coaching is so stubborn to the game plan um, that they, they just don't make adjustments. Um, but as a fan, I mean, I can say that all day. I mean, I, you know. Right. What do I know? I mean, it's, you know, so, but at the same time, you know, it's been good to watch them. And, and same thing, I always got to tell myself, these are 18 to 21 year old kids that are really getting nothing for my entertainment except a free education. So, um, which is great, you know, that division yeah, yeah. one scholarship, but, um, you know, I can yell at my TV and, and my heart gets beaten fast every time they get ready to score and they fumble or they throw an interception or whatever. So, I mean, I just, I get into it. Um, I expected them to be a little bit better. I didn't expect the Arizona State loss. That was very disappointing. Um, I really thought a 5-0, 5-0 matchup here with a little bit more um, confidence instead of being 24 underdogs into this Ohio State game. But, you know, anything can happen. I mean, to say to count them out this week would be absolutely ridiculous, but who knows. You know, speaking of anything that happens, um, Indiana almost gave you the upset. Yeah, uh, but to Indiana. Me, to me, it wasn't an upset. You know, they're the type of guys that are always right there <laughs> yeah. until the last couple minutes, last quarter, yep. and then, yeah. Can't quite win. It, it was close when they played Ohio State. All right, last year, not this year. Last not year, the year before <laughs> yeah. that. The year Ohio before State that. fans and Michigan fans they have short memories. They, they do. Been, you know, they're all. They do. It's like, oh, we just beat them by four touchdowns. Yeah, but last year you were losing by ten with right. three minutes to go, and you won by you know four. Yeah, right. But no, it's uh, yeah, all fans are the same. And we're all the obviously, same. We're all the you same. live in the same area as me. There's only Ohio State fans around here. Right, right. It makes yeah, sense. I, we are in Ohio, yeah. but yes, I grew I grew up up there. So I mean, I grew okay. up you know Fair west side enough. of the state. I'm from there up there. My buddy Doug Samuels had season tickets for forever. Um, he took me to a couple games. That's kind of how my love started for Michigan State. And then it was just more of a you know that west side of the state. That's just who we liked. I mean, Michigan State was it. And then in college, I just followed them. They had Drew Stanton. You know, I love Drew Stanton. Drew you know, Stanton. if you can get past the the John L. Smith years and the Bobby Williams years. You know, you had Nick Saban before that. You had a, you had a couple of years that could be forgotten. And then they hired D'Antonio, and it's like, okay, the savior is here. But now, I, you know, it is what it is. So that Indiana game, 
respect yes. that. Yes. Yeah. That's the what Phoenix, I want to hear about. The Phoenix Phoenix, man. That guy, that guy, <laughs> Heisman Trophy winner, you know. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> 20 passes in a row. That's the most, that's the most since Chuck Long. I think Chuck Long at 22. We don't you know, run the ball a whole lot. No. Especially. Well, that's, like I said, that Michigan State. They did this against Northwestern last year and ended up losing, but they don't they don't come out of that base defense, and that's so frustrating as a fan because it's like we as fans know that you are going to throw a bubble screen on first down, on third down, and second down, on fourth and three. It's the same darn play. Yeah. Rotate, <laughs> do something. It's like change up, but no, we stick to the base D. You know, and they and they've done that, and, and the fan part of me. The hopeful part of me says, hey, they stayed base defense versus Arizona State. Yeah, they lost, but they stayed base defense. They stayed base defense against Indiana. They gave up 31. They gave up a ton of yards. It, they probably should have lost. I mean, if Phoenix would have hit that long throw in yeah. the fourth quarter, I mean, it's a yard too long. I mean, they're, they're up they're up seven points right there. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just the bad timing, you know. Fortunate for Michigan State. But uh, I'm hoping that they, they didn't show those major blitz packages and then they save it for like the Ohio. This stretch of runs they have now with at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, home against Penn State is absolutely insane. I mean, it's, yeah, they have a tough, tough schedule. Yeah, next three games. yeah, yeah. So the hope was to be five and zero, and then go one and two, and be you know six and two to end the season. Then you go, you know, you go ten and two or nine and three. But right. yeah, who knows? They who knows? It's Michigan State, man. I feel like every time you count them out. They, they show up and they play and they're there and it's like For oh sure. shit they're, they're a lot better than I thought you know so who, yeah. I, I hope, hope so I hope I'm surprised State. you what now I hope they beat Ohio State yeah. <laughs> of course you do man of course of course, you do. Of course. if so we'll, we'll cancel next week's episode actually if they do we'll probably just cancel this whole episode and never air this <laughs> <Okay. laughs> buddy Michigan State for this game this weekend man they are going to have to play and they're going to have to win every facet of the game, and they're going to have to play it, special It's teams. in Columbus, right? Yeah, it is in Columbus. In Last Columbus. year was in East Lansing. Okay. It was 7-6 yep. to six till late in the third quarter. But Penn's, Ohio State backed them up constantly, and then they finally fumbled in the end zone. I mean, Rocky Lombardi, they ran a jet sweep, and the, t- the snap was off. He fumbled it. They pick up a – they score. I think they blocked a punt that game. But it was like Hartbarger was punting, or whoever our punter was at that, that time, was punting from the back of our end zone all half. It's like the offense never moved the ball. So if the defense comes out and plays that same way, which who knows, because this field kid could be for real. He hasn't been punched in the mouth yet, so I'm hoping that defense right. is like, you know, if they come out and punch him in the mouth. Yeah, they hit him a few Ohio, times first quarter. Yeah. You never know. A little adversity could go a long ways for Michigan yeah. State. I mean, if they if they go down the field and score, they you know, you go 3-0 and for Ohio State, Michigan State comes down the field and score again, it's 10-0 or 14-0 quickly. What's Ohio State do with a young quarterback? For yeah, sure. they're good. They're very good, but how does that adversity go? You know, and, I mean, as a fan, you think, man, Michigan State's going to truck them. They're not. It's going to if it's going to be if Michigan State wins a super close, Ohio State's going to win by four touchdowns if, if they want to if they play well. And, and you know, I hope not, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm a fan. I love Michigan State, but I'm a realist, and it's like Ohio State right now is playing better football than anybody in the country, and they're just that good. They're just steamrolling people, and their defense is good. Michigan State's defense is good, but their offense hasn't, you know, it hasn't really caught up to how good that defense is. And, and I think Saturday's the first like big test to say, okay, coaches, time to take the kid gloves off. Let's see what you got and go from there. Because that Indiana game was so frustrating as a Spartan fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do bring up a valid point, though. That again, especially being in Columbus and with having a young quarterback, you know, again, with not really facing much adversity so far this season, Michigan State can start off to 
seven zero ten. I mean, again, even seven zero would be great, but especially if it's ten fourteen. You know, being able to start like that, it'll be interesting to see how the game goes. Again, not to say, obviously, it's guaranteed win for Michigan State, and not to say Ohio right. State's just going to roll over and play dead either. No. But, no. you know, right. it, at least there's a question mark at that point. Rather than if it's the exact opposite, and Ohio State comes out and they're up 10-0, 14-0. Yeah. In Columbus, yep. night yep. game, you know, the yep. odds of Michigan State coming back from that then are obviously very slim. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I just, you know... Yeah, I agree. I don't think the offensive firepower is there enough for Michigan State yet to say, hey, if we get down 21 to 7 at halftime, we can make the adjustments necessary to come back and win this. You know, but I guess a lot of it depends. You know, if it's 21 nothing, you go down and score right before halftime, you get ball. At halftime, you get the momentum that you force a turnover. A lot of things can happen, man. I mean, you know, I, I remember playing. We were down, we've been down 14 nothing before, and somebody blocks a field goal. And it's like, oh, shit, let's go. You know, everybody right. just wakes back up. And it's like that that momentum is – once that momentum starts for a team, it's hard to – you know. They, I mean, Michigan State's on scholarship too. Indiana's on scholarship. Ohio State's on scholarship. I mean, all, those guys are all on scholarship. They all, they all go through two days. They all sweat the same. They all work yep. the same. Yeah, there might be some better athletes, but I think a lot of it comes down to how you how you execute your scheme and how you execute what the coaches have in place for you. And, and D'Antonio's proven that when he has time to – to set up for Ohio State in a big atmosphere like this, that they can be competitive. I mean, they won with Tyler O'Connor a few years ago. Absolutely. I mean, Connor <laughs> Cook was out. I mean, they, you know, they, they went in a rainstorm. You know, they beat him in the Big Ten championship game. On, you know, Danico's Allen had a fourth and one stop on Braxton Miller. And it just, it should have never happened. I mean, that those teams were good. Right. But if you look on paper, Ohio State should have beat those teams by two or three touchdowns on paper. You know, there's a lot yeah. more pros for yep. Ohio State playing in the NFL right now than there are for Michigan State from those teams. For sure. You know, and it's just that, that, that scheme, how that team plays, that energy. I love the Ohio State game because all these guys from Ohio come to <laughs> Michigan State to play. Yeah. And, and, it, and, I, and it's, almost like, it's almost like they have a chip on their shoulder. They weren't quite yeah, good sure. enough. Ohio State takes this four-star kid out of Georgia, and they don't take the almost four-star kid from their backyard. And he comes to Michigan State. You know, Joe Bosch is an example. He's from Ohio. You know, he's a hell of a middle linebacker. You can't tell him. He could play anywhere in the country. He's one of the best middle linebackers, you know, in, in the nation. Yeah. But he didn't have an Ohio State offer. You know, he didn't He didn't have that choice. You know, he Michigan State was his only Big Ten. Probably maybe not his only, but his better Big Ten offer, right. and he came there, you know. So I, I love that chip on the show. There's like twenty over 20 kids from Ohio on that team. And there's more starters from Ohio on Michigan State team than there is on Ohio State's team. If you look at when they do the starting lineups, none of those kids are local. They're not Northwest kids. They're all from Georgia and Florida. And they recruit nationally. Ohio State's brand is a national brand. Right. Michigan State's is a, is a Midwestern brand. And I, and I think because of that, I think some of those guys, they play with that chip on their shoulder. And I think it gives them that opportunity to really to flourish in those games. We'll see. I mean, I, who knows? I definitely think that's a good point to bring up coming into a game like this. I mean, when you get overlooked by a school, like you mentioned, you might not quite be a four-star recruit, but um, you just get overlooked from a kid that's not that's not right in their backyard and Ohio State picks them. You, de- you definitely got a little bit of an edge coming into the game. You want to beat a school like that. You know, someone who didn't give you a chance, just prove them wrong. Yep. I, I mean, I... I feel like that's a motivating factor. I mean, and then and then you talk about the family atmosphere of football, and you don't want to you don't want to lose. You want to win with your brothers. I mean, it's 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 more fun to win. I don't care what you're doing at life, but if you're winning, it's it's fun. If you're losing, especially with social media nowadays, I feel like losing is blown so out of proportion. <laughs> and, yeah. and with these ki- with these kids, I mean, it's I, I couldn't imagine 
you know, being like Brian Lewerke last year, playing through that injury, and all the people on Twitter and just like, and I remember reading some of the comments, and I'm thinking, man, this kid's 19, 20 years old. Right. Yeah, he can say he's blocking out the noise and he's okay with it, but my lord, man, I, I, I don't like when people don't like me as an adult. You know, I mean, I can't <laughs> imagine. I couldn't imagine that type of that type of pressure, you know, to have to deal with. So, I mean, it's it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I hope. I hope for the best. I mean, I really think they don't. I mean, the, I think the spread's twenty. Not to get to gamble and talk, but Shoot. I mean, a twenty-point spread at home with Ohio State's playing. I, I feel like that's probably a, a good number. But at the same time, Michigan State teams in the past in these types of games have have played a close game. So I could see it being close to the fourth, and you know, maybe Michigan State has a chance, and maybe maybe they there's going to be one big play, one way or the other, that's going to really turn it. Whether it's a block punt or an interception, an untimely fumble. You know something crazy that none of us expect, and and all of a sudden that team that team that gets that turn will, I think, flourish and, and go. They'll they'll end up end, end up winning the game. I just football such a game of momentum, so we'll see. So like what's I said, the, I'm, Go ahead. I was going to say. So what's the official? All three of us. You can go first. What's the official prediction game score for Saturday? Oh man. Okay, you want my fan score or my official game score? Because my fan score is like, all right, let's take my Spartans 31, Ohio State 24. You know, so let's, go, let's go take for it, man. Choose a, with your heart. I want you to score. choose with your heart. Don't choose score. with your brain. But if I'm choosing with my wallet, I'm going to take like Ohio State 30, <laughs> Ohio State 38, Michigan State 21. I think they win by 17. Um, I think I think that Michigan State holds them under the 50 points. I mean, they're averaging like 52 points a game. I don't think. I think it's close. I, mean, I really think it's close at halftime. And I think that the adjustments and the athletes on the Ohio State end end up taking over in the second half. Unfortunately, you know, I I, I really would like to see Michigan State not that not happen. I hope I'm wrong. I hope when I say this, I'm well, wrong. Yeah, you know, this, yeah, obviously. And part part of me is saying, you know, I'm going to say this, and you know, all five million of your listeners are going to hear this. And, uh, <laughs> Our global <laughs> podcast—that's factual, global, man. Your global, global. podcast is your global podcast going to hear this. I'm going to have to eat crow because I picked Ohio State to be my own team, you know. And I and I hope that happens. I will eat the crow gladly. I'll grill it and put some barbecue sauce on it. <laughs> to be fair, I said the Bears are going to be in the Super Bowl last week, so okay. Well, good. All right, so we're and he, he even made crazy. that pick after Mitch Trubisky got hurt, and he said, "I don't He's care." Only a couple weeks out, he'll be fine. Not not even the Bears. I don't even know who the backup quarterback is, but I read something to where they thought that the who is the backup? Who's the quarterback? I think it's now? Chase Daniel. It is from Missouri. Okay, yep. so yeah, I read a, a a story that they said that they they thought they were a better team with Chase Daniel at quarterback because they were more balanced. They were they w- would run the ball more. Take less shots, you know. Not re- not rely on the QB play so much. Hey, I'm a Lions fan, man. Yeah, so it's like it. the Lions it. have re- the, re- the Lions have relied on Matt Stafford for you know. If you look at the Lions, they have they have had three generational type players in my lifetime. Barry Sanders is yeah. one of the best running backs to ever play. Yep. Kelvin Johnson is one of the best receivers to ever play. And if you look at the numbers Matt Stafford has done, the guy gets no credit. But yeah, he had better he's numbers. A solid quarterback in the but he, he had better numbers four or five years ago than Mahomes did last year in his MVP season. I mean, Stafford had more yards, more touchdowns. But his team went eight and eight because they suck. I mean, there's right. just no, you know, he they could score thirty five and they give up thirty seven. I mean, that's just how the Lions have always been. You know, it's in this year, you know, the old, the, all of our Michigan fans, it's the same old Lions. But it's like we, this year, it's you know, we, everybody was happy with that loss to the Chiefs. It's like man, they could play with the best team. In the, in, they yeah. almost beat the Chiefs. Huh? They should have that game. They should have beat. They them. had yeah two first and goals from the five, and you fumble two of them, and that's fourteen yeah. points. Yeah, a minimum, it's a minimum six. You right. know, and it's so. I like we're, getting to into NFL, we're getting into NFL. Yeah, I think yeah. you guys have Big Ten talk on your uh, 
on your schedule. We, we talk about the Browns typically every single week. So, <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know if it'll happen this year. We'll see how the seasons end up going. When the Lions – when, not if. When the Lions <laughs> and the Browns play in the Super Bowl, we'll yeah. for sure bring you back on no. Super Bowl yeah, week, man. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I, yeah, 100%. yeah I, can't, I can't wait. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I can't wait. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath either. Real quick here, I'm going to say my prediction for the Ohio State-Michigan State game – um, I think it is – yeah, I think I would agree with you. Closer in the first half, then Ohio State comes out, third quarter, have a big third quarter. I say they win 38-27. to 27. I give Oh, them, you're giving 27, my Sparties. I like that. Yeah, I, I like 30, 38-27. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but that's my prediction. You want to make a prediction, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 31 for the Spartans and 24 for the Ohio State. Shocker. Uh, yeah. Oh, Shocker. Dude, I love that's literally it. the exact same I, score that he picked. Yeah, I think it's a thirty-one twenty-eight. Thirty-one twenty-eight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Spread. My bad. My bad. Yeah, and then I and then I I made two I made two predictions. One is a fan, and yeah, one is yeah, a yeah. football Fair realist. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Because <laughs> I want him to well, win. Well, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Though, so that would be awesome, Nasty. Oh, it's going to happen. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Big Ten, though, so is Wisconsin the real deal? I really like I, to see him truck over people. I'm not yeah. a Wisconsin fan. But nope. I like to see people contend with Ohio State on the national rankings. So yep. So Wisconsin, I really I, I liked Wisconsin a lot against Michigan. I thought they were incredible. I thought that game plan that they developed for that Michigan game, they just absolutely blitzed them. They were they. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. and I'm not obviously being a Michigan State fan. I love seeing Michigan get their butts kicked. You know, we but can Wisconsin, agree with that. We agree. They, they just came out and manhandled them. I mean, offensive line, defensive line. The physicality of Wisconsin was was impressive, and I was like, "Holy crap! They're one of the best teams in the country, top ten for sure." Well, then you come, you, you're at home against Northwestern, and Northwestern yeah. should have beat you. I mean, not, they didn't on the scoreboard, but Northwestern should have beat you. I mean, they, yeah, yep. they had their opportunities to win that game, and if it wasn't for a sack fumble late in the fourth quarter, what's the score of that game? You know, what I mean, same yeah. thing. That one play made the difference, but Northwestern. I mean, Michigan State just dropped. A ton of points on them, and you're going to score 20, you know, as Wisconsin. So, as, as much as I like Wisconsin, I think Michigan State wins that game at Camp Randall um, just because of the strength for strength. I think if they make that quarterback throw 30 to 40 times, 35 times a game, I don't think Wisconsin beats very many people. And I think eventually they're going to run into the better teams defensively that can stop Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. to where he's going to have to carry the ball 30 times to get 100 right. yards. Well, all that does is speed the game up, and it wears him out. I mean, it's, he's, a, he's an incredible player, and I think he's a, he's a first-round you know, first pick and an indefinite Heisman candidate. Wisconsin goes how he goes, but he can't go unless that O-line goes. That's what I love. You know, running yep. backs, they get all the – you know, same thing with quarterbacks. You know, we get all the credit. We get all the publicity, but we can't do anything without the, without the big guys up front. I mean, that's – if they don't if they don't play well – what are you supposed to do? You know, right. I mean, yeah, you you can make every play in the world, but it it, it it takes it takes a team in football, and that's you know the the personal athletes are great, you know they're great players, but you look at the you know let's talk about Oklahoma for a second, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and now you got Jalen. Lincoln Hurts. Riley is a quarterback whisperer, but, man. You know, and it's not even the quarterback. The guy the guy can call plays. Yeah. I mean, the guy is an offensive scheming master. I mean, he's incredible, and 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 he makes. 
you know, Jalen Hurts was a good player at Alabama. Very, very good. Yeah. But he never got a chance to really show what he could do throwing the ball because of, of the scheme that Saban runs. So then you move him to Oklahoma and you give him this wide open offense and, and you say, Jalen, I need you to, to touch the ball 35 to 40 times a game with it's running, passing. I don't care what you do. Just go win and go play. Go be an athlete. And that's that's what's so cool about you know Oklahoma. But you can't tell me that, you know, those guys don't win the Heisman without the players around them. I mean, Oklahoma's got great wide receivers. They got great running backs. They got a great offensive line. You know, and their defense has not been very good. So their offensive guys get tons of stats. You know, in the past, this year's defense yep. is pretty good. But in the past, they give up fifty points to score fifty-five. So it's like <laughs> their offense is on the field constantly. So if you got to score fifty-five points to win, of course you're going to have six hundred yards of offense. So I mean, it's you know that's a little bit different, but. It's a team game. You know, those guys get the accolades, but you can't tell me that Jalen Hurts can do that on any team in the country. He can't. He can do that at Oklahoma, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. And it's ex- it'll be interesting to see what Oklahoma does next year if they take another transfer because they got that – I think they got the number one quarterback in the nation. I forget his name. I, I can picture him. He's got blonde hair, dark reflected. But uh, he's supposed to be like the number one dual quarterback threat in the country. Went to Oklahoma yep. as a true for, as a true freshman. So once Jalen Hurts leaves, does this kid come in and do these kind of numbers? You know, is it really the offense, or is it just that he's had great players, Baker, Murray, and now Jalen, that have just kind of taken over that? So back to Indiana. I don't think in, or back to Wisconsin. I don't think Wisconsin's the real deal. That's how this conversation started. <laughs> all right, all right. I, think, I love I think, it, man. But you do think Wisconsin's the real deal, though. <laughs> Right, Indiana's the real deal. Yeah, with, with, with Phoenix, with, with Phoenix, with Phoenix the Penix or Penix the Phoenix, whatever you want to call them. So, oh, I it, love it, man. It, so Wisconsin, I, I think Wisconsin ends up probably losing three or four games. I All actually right. like Penn State more than I like Wisconsin. I hate, I, I, I like Penn State's better. I think their defense is better. Wisconsin's good, but you know that Michigan team this year is not the national championship contender like everybody thought. Not at all. They're not. You know, they could they could go eight and four. Man, you know, they I would never are right. No, that's Recently. right. They, they are. They are. Gosh, I mean, we start. We talk about Michigan forever, man. Yeah, I remember, okay. that, you know, Deshaun Gardner. What, what was that? What was that QB's name that wore ninety nine? Was it Gardner? Uh, Coming, you know, it was like four or five years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He would win every in 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 uh, who's uh, oh who's the fast guy with the dreads? Denard number sixteen. D- yeah, yeah, the September Heisman's. Those guys yep. were awesome for the first five games of the year, and then they play their Big Ten schedule. I remember the same thing. I remember Michigan State. They shouldn't have won that game in Ann Arbor. And they sacked him like nine times. It was just absolutely <laughs> awesome. It was. I remember Isaiah Lewis, he catches that interception. He's like holding it back towards Bernard Robinson. Hey, come get it, come get it. You know, taunting him a little bit. It was just, yeah, those those teams. Michigan is the number one team for overhyping ever. Yeah. And as I get to an adult, it's even more. And their fan base is just oh, absolutely dude. Ludicrous, man. They, they, they just we don't can all it. agree with that, man. Michigan's <laughs> fans are just, they're just a different breed. Uh, who's got it better than us? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need to Okay, so while we're already talking about Michigan, yeah. does Harbaugh last past this season? Who's going to do better? Who's going to go in there and, and do better than Harbaugh? What, what really are they going to get? You know, and, I, and I'm and I'm not a Jim Harbaugh hater. You know, I mean, but but if I look at Harbaugh as a fan, same thing. Harbaugh had some generational type players when he coached. You don't get an Andrew Luck wherever you go. Right. Andrew Luck was incredible at Stanford. He was an incredible player. He was incredible for the Colts. He was the best quarterback in the country. Yep. He was the best quarterback in the NFL. He. You just don't get that. So he fed off of Andrew Luck's momentum. Then he goes to San Francisco, and he has this, Cal- this guy named Colin Kaepernick who 
Yeah. You know, yep. was really good for one year. Yeah. But yeah. then the defense, but same thing with Cam Newton. The defenses, the there's too many smart guys in football. Defensive, they catch up to what you're good at. Yep. Well, then Cal Kaepernick was terrible the year two, and he's terrible. I mean, that's why he's not getting a job now. Not right. only does it come with so much baggage, but he's just not a good quarterback. I mean, he's just not a good NFL quarterback. Yep. He, you know, I mean, he was great that year. They went to the playoffs, but he wrote Alex Smith for most of that year, <laughs> and then he got hurt. You know, Alex Smith is, I mean, he's like the ultimate game manager of any quarterback that we've, in, in our in our adult life, that we've seen. You know, he's like the, was it Neil O'Donnell? That's probably too young for, you know, too old for you guys, but Neil O'Donnell. Oh, yeah, I think Neil. He won, Neil. I, yeah. And, then, and I forget about the dude that he won one with the, uh, Neil O'Donnell won with the Steelers. You remember that? Yeah, is of that, course I remember Neil, dude. No, yeah, you Neil. Don't. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Trent Dilfer is another name that comes to mind. Won, hey. won, a, won a Super Bowl not knowing, like, the guy is just not, they, they just weren't phenomenal quarterbacks, you know? Alex Smith's that same guy. Yeah. He's a game manager, great player, but he's kind of like Indiana, always a runner up, never the queen. Uh, that's fair. fair. That is fair. <laughs> it's as much as I hate to say it. That basketball is, season's going to be different, though. <laughs> we got two Romeo Langfords in the lineup this year. Yeah. Okay, okay. As much as I love talking about college football, and we could honestly just keep going on and on and on, we're going to have yeah, to bring you for on sure. for another pod- podcast. <laughs> we're going to take a sharp right turn here, and we're actually going to switch it up, and we're going to talk a little bit, you know, because the people that are listening now are our diehard fans. They're still listening this far in the podcast, so they're not going to turn it off now. Let's talk about insurance. <laughs> okay. As I mentioned at the very beginning, you know, you're a teammate of mine at Hitchings Insurance. For you, just this year, you know, you made a right-hand turn. You completely switched uh, coming from a car salesman to being in the insurance world. Thus far, you know, it's been less than a year, what, seven, eight months, maybe nine months? Seven months. months. Seven months. Pros and cons of the switch so far and going from the car salesman to insurance. Or I get not even you know what let's just say let's simplify it let's go one pro and one con. Uh, well, when I left the car industry, I was in management. Um, I had I had a book of business that I had kind of built up at, at where I was at. I'd been there for nearly ten years. Had a great clientele, a lot of fun. Um, but I moved into management the last three years of it, it, and the management part of it just wasn't for me. I like people. I love customers. I love customer interaction. I love helping people i love yep. getting to know new people but when you build a book of business up and then you're set to management your book of business just kind of stays stagnant and you manage and help the other guys grow their book so you're not getting that customer interaction that is what i built my career on right. at the, to the dealership um so the big the biggest pro of selling cars was the people the biggest pro of selling insurance is the people um i i just like people man i love i love getting to know new people i love i love meeting new people i love building a relationship um i've always been a customer service oriented person um i i i like helping you know i mean it's cars cars were not a necessity um but i sold a ton of them you know people liked me they enjoyed dealing with me and when they bought a car i wanted them to buy it from me um, insurance, I've kind of taken the same thing. Insurance is something everybody wants to talk about. You know, it's it's very confusing for like young adults, um, like you and I have talked about. Yeah. Um, but it's also very confusing for some of the older generation too, because there's so many there's so many things that have changed. Um, you know, with your cars, with insurance, with what people can sue you for. That now you're you're almost like an advisor rather than a salesman. You can still have a selling mentality to building the relationships. But it's it's more of you're advising them on what they should be covering and how. You know, this is what could happen 
to you if if this situation were to happen. So the the cars was cool because it was a nice flashy shiny object. Uh, yep. The insurance is the insurance is better because of the real the realism of what could happen. I mean, it's people live with you know an insurance claim every day. Some are catastrophic, some are very small. But if you don't have the right coverage because your agent didn't do a good enough job, you know, yep. didn't show you the right thing, then you know that's their own fault. So it's uh it's good. I mean, it's I'm liking the insurance industry. It's it's uh. It's good. I mean, it's been a good change. I've been seven, eight months into it. You know, I sold cars for almost 12 years. I started doing it when I was 20, and I did it till you know, I was 32. So it's like, you know, it was all I knew. Um, but it's this has been much better for my family. Um, it's been much better for my kind of my, uh, if I look at my psychological side of things, my stress level, um, cool. you know, that type of thing. So, yeah, I'm glad I made the move. It's been a lot of fun. So, Dom, what's a quick uh, pro and con for you, huh? Pro and con, I mean, I would say I'm similar to Baylor. Like, I love the people aspect. Um, you know, and I always half a joke, but half being serious, I always tell people when they – it's funny, I feel like, when I tell people I'm in insurance, just to look at the face that they give me. And some people are just like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, there's a part of me that I'm like, you know, I love it because it's so boring, and I kind of like that. But at the same time, I also like it because, again, I feel like typically when people think of insurance, they think boring. I don't want to deal with it. Like, I'm just paying out money. But I'm like, I want to, you know, like make insurance exciting. I want to like, you know what people say? Oh, dude, like, yeah, it stinks. I have a claim. But you know what? I get to reach out to my agent, Don Fry. I get to reach out to Hitchings Insurance. You know, that, 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 that might be a little extreme there. I don't know if people are going to be that quite that excited. But nonetheless, like rather than. I feel like the generation generations above us, when they think of insurance, they think boring, people just basically sitting on their book of business and just collecting their paycheck week after week. Rather than being like, dude, like, you know, and exactly what Hitchens is doing, what I love, is, you know, being in the community, being involved, being out there saying, hey, like, we're real people too. Like, we have lives, we're interesting. As a company, we're interesting. We're making insurance fun. And it that's is, it like. Yeah, and that's one thing that I like about it is trying to, you know, in the small circle I have, the small people I have, try to break that stigma of, well, I hate insurance, saying like, no, like insurance hey, – at the end of the day, obviously, insurance is a good thing. You know, there are a lot of people only get it because they're required to, but when you really think about it, insurance is a good thing. It is a good thing. It's there to protect you and your family. They're – again, for the catastrophic loss, but even really any type of loss depending on what you want the insurance for. So – that's definitely a pro for me. Uh, con, I guess maybe I would say the con is the facial expressions that I see when I tell people <laughs> that I work in insurance. And they say, oh, wow. And then normally, for some reason, they normally change the topic pretty quick after that. I just don't get that. You don't get that? No, I don't get it. Don't get what? Why, why would he change the topic quick? You know? Because nobody it's, wants it's to talk exciting. about it. Yeah, see, that's the way. transferring risk. <laughs> You got, three, you got three options, right? I'm just kidding. That was good. Hey, I like that. Kyle, Kyle had an insurance career a for a two, hot second. Two-week stint at an unnamed insurance company. Uh, the office life just wasn't – that particular office life just wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could get my answers uh, or questions answered very well, but uh, that's all right. That's it. That's one thing we're pretty blessed with the Hitchings, man. We we have an actual like team that is more of like it's a family atmosphere. And like I said, I mean it's with that Arcadia connection and, and you know For Ryan's sure. kids, my kids, Carrie's kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's just a really cool 
situation that we that we're all working together. Yeah, being together on a daily basis, and we all want the same thing. We all want to grow. We all want to help people. You know, Ryan's vision and what he wants to do going forward at Hitchings is is it's beyond what I thought I was you know diving into and signing on for. It's way bigger. You know, there's just some really cool stuff going on, and there's some cool stuff going on, and, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And I mean, it's only going to get better for us as as agents and. You know, my end of it is more commercial side and the business side. Dom does more personal lines, and it's it's. You know, we got a good team, and, and like the same thing as a quarterback. Man, a quarterback's no good if his offensive line's no good, and you, and you got to have a quarterback. <laughs> you got to have a quarterback. You know, not everybody's a chief, and not everybody's an Indian. If you can get a whole, you know, if you can get one chief that has a good direction, and, and everybody else can kind of follow suit and know their role and and execute that game plan, which is what we're trying to do and, and what we're doing as a team. You know, big things can happen. I don't care what what you're doing. Yeah. So I mean, it's, I'm glad to be a part of it, man. I'm sure you are too. I mean, it's a lot of fun. So. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, at least for you, like you knew Ryan. Obviously, you knew a little bit of what you were getting into. For me, I just saw the job posted on Indeed and thought, yeah, what the heck? I'll throw my resume in, not knowing anything else. And I get here, I'm like, dude, this is incredible. Like this is yeah. more than what I could have asked for, more than yep. I was even hoping. Um, yep. But you know, from your analogy of the football team. I think I would be a pretty good kicker for the team. I think that either a kicker or on the place, maybe you're the kicker and I'm just the placeholder. You know, I'm just you know, catching I don't it. Know, man. The kick, see, the kicker, that's an important – you know, I look at Michigan State. They lost that Arizona State game on three missed field goals. You True. Know? That's why the you're kick, the kicker. That's it. You're no, the kicker. No, I'm, I'm the placeholder. Do, no. That's what I that's t- it. I, I'm either throwing or catching touchdowns down. I, I got I to hang out. <laughs> He's just got to – I got to hang out with the cheerleaders, shake some pom-poms, eat some popcorn. <laughs> You're the Ocho Cinco of the team. <laughs> Perfect. I got, yeah, that'll work. That, awesome. That's the, people well, that know me would agree with that probably. <laughs> well, hey, this has been an absolutely incredible podcast, Bela. Uh, appreciate you spending the time. Come on. It was awesome getting, you know, to listen to you talk about coaching a little bit in that aspect. You know, for me, I've learned a lot about you as far as, you know, sports played growing up and such. And also, you know, of course, we taught college football. And then the best part is obviously wrapping on insurance. That was awesome. Uh, that, that was really the cherry on top. Granted, we'll see. We'll ch- have to have Tom and Devin. Uh, they'll have to check the stats for us and see if, you know, our listenership dropped off at that point. I think it but, might have gone up. <laughs> true. It yeah, might, it sure. might have gone up. I'm sure. People we, might could, have just, we, could get, we could probably get it to our blog on, on the website, hitchingsinsurance.com. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yo. Dude, we can. That would be crazy. Holy smokes. That would be wild. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Bailey. Hey, I appreciate your time, welcome. dude. Thanks and, for having uh, me on, guys. We, I was yeah, of course. It. Nice getting to know you a little bit. And... Go green.